I think the biggest thing is uh, transparency in pricing. We're hitting the downturn now on the, hopefully on the, on the virus. It's gonna level out, we'll see another little spike, but the reality is people are gonna get back to work. And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if? What if you do have what it takes? What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post-socially distant era. The big question is this, how can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Guys, uh, welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. I'm your host, Manoj Agarwal, and today we'll be talking with Shane Foss. So Shane, with over 20 years of uh, tenure as an executive in the medical industry, he has uh, he became frustrated with how underserved Americans were with the current healthcare options. So he set out to make a change and in 2018 achieved uh, to make a change and um, uh, his, his, of his goal through launching Hooray Health, an unconventional health insurance company dedicated to providing affordable, basic and urgent healthcare alternatives to highly uh, deductible health plans. Through Hooray Health, Foss and his uh, team focus on offering peace of mind to lower income individuals and families who face medical challenges while also providing business owners with an affordable way to reward and retain employees. Uh, welcome, Shane. Hey, thanks for having me. Really All enjoyed right. it. Uh, yeah, so um, it, this is a very timely conversation. A lot of people are concerned about their healthcare costs, uh, especially, you know, I mean, in, in everywhere, even in developed countries, especially in, uh, in uh, underdeveloped countries. So let's start there. Uh, let's get to know you. How did you get into this business, first of all? Can you share with us your story? Um, what prompted you to get into insurance business? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, I spent, you know, I started off in healthcare with um, in the United States Air Force. And so I worked in the operating room and just really fell in love with healthcare and and uh, spent most of my career um, in medical device sales with uh, large orthopedic organizations. And um my last role, I, I got into uh, health insurance. A good friend of mine was a CEO, and I went in as a COO, and we uh, basically, uh, it was my first entry into health insurance and, and selling into group, group benefits, and um, I just fell in love with it. But I saw this huge opportunity where uh, there's this underserved market, and so um, you know, I, I took a chance, and we had sold that last company and took a chance and uh, you know, built up my idea and and been doing it for the last uh, three and a half years now. So uh, really, really uh, um, kind of not not something that I started off my career thinking about, but uh, ended up very happy where I'm at. Awesome. That's great. So uh, can you tell us uh, what did you see uh, differently from other uh, medical professionals? You know, obviously we know that there are uh, things that can be improved upon. Uh, no healthcare system is perfect. But according to you, what are the major uh, challenges that you see in the healthcare system right now? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, transparency in pricing. You know, the, the um, 
it, it's it, it's a barrier to entry for somebody to go in to see a doctor because they don't know what they're going to get charged. And uh, you know, it, it's um, I think to me, the lack of transparency is the, the our biggest issue because there's no correlation between cost and quality in healthcare. So what that does is it, it puts the burden on you as the the uh, the insured, the member, the you know the patient, whatever you want to call yourself at that time. And and there's such a lack of information out there to make a good decision that people just kind of throw their hands up and say, all right, I got to go get care. So let's see what the surprise bill is going to be. So I think that's the biggest challenge. Okay, and and um, is that uh, is that um, a structural pr problem with the insurance industry or the medical industry or the combination of both? Because you know, like there are so many uh, so many components or so many people come together or so many companies come together when when uh, you know they have to take care of a patient and then uh, get paid and and pay for the pharmaceuticals or devices right. or whatever. Right. So, where, where do you think the biggest biggest problems are? Well, I think it's it's a it's a really a combination. It's a breakdown of um, you know you've got a, a system that was built um, on Medicare, right? So there's a, there is a foundational pricing and um, uh, and billing system in place, which is really the standard of care, which is Medicare. But um, as a provider, you don't want to use that because that's a lot less than what you could get from a traditional insurance carrier. Okay. And so, you know, there's a disconnect, there's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect with um, the, uh, the government in the sense that the government really isn't mandating anything. You know, they, they say they're mandating now with what Trump's done with um, transparency, but hospitals make it so confusing and uh, insurance carriers don't want to provide that information. And so it's just, you know, incentives aren't aligned. Right. You know, the, we um, we we really need to go to, a, a you know, the free capitalistic market that we are and, um, you know, provide that transparency and let, um, you know, your quality and your customer experience drive your, uh, you know, your pricing. OK, cool. And what what is it um, that a consumer uh, can do right now to, you know, uh, make sure that they are protected, their families are protected? Um, and they don't uh, essentially they don't have to face a uh, choice between uh, you know paying for uh, necessities and paying for their health care yeah so i think you know the the biggest thing is um, obviously with your taking advantage of your employer benefit plan you know employer sponsored benefit plan but uh, i think the other thing is really being an informed consumer don't be afraid to ask the question uh, when you go in to see a doctor hey how much is this going to cost me and then and getting a, a price upfront and then paying it. Um, and you can do that for surgery. You can do that for hospitalization. And I think that's the, um, that's, you know, if, cause whether you're insured or not insured, I think that's the biggest thing you need to do period anyway. Okay. And so, uh, in, in terms of insurance, again, you know, uh, we have international audience from all over the world. So, um, keeping that in mind, like what what are some of the options you can recommend obviously you know i, I don't expect an answer for uh, something that will work for everyone but in in your uh, experience what are some of the uh, the main sort of uh, conventional ways that people can look for insurance at this day like let's say if somebody is not insured or they're not adequately insured are there any options available today uh, for them to get covered sure you can um 
you know, you have the private exchange that you can go to. Um, you can, uh, there's, there's a bunch of other um, website, insurance sales websites that you can go to to buy a non-ACA non qualified plan in the United States. Um, and, uh, it, you know, as far as um, other, other international countries, I don't know what, what the time frame is on or the ability or the availability of uh, additional supplemental health insurances. But in the United States, you can definitely go online and find um, different carriers that will uh, provide individual plans. Okay. And uh, th there's a question uh, even from the audience, like um, once uh, we figure out, okay, you know, these are the options, let's say insurance agents or insurance companies, and we want to visit doctors, like, Right now, there's so much confusion. There is so much uh, fear. Uh, like, is there a way people can compare the, uh, the the history track record of insurance companies or doctors and find out, you know, who they want to uh, transact with based on their past performance, reviews, or what have you? Sure. So from an insurance standpoint, no. An insurance company standpoint, I mean, you can look at uh, what their ratings are. You know, are they uh, A-rated carrier? Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. But uh, you can look from an insurance side, you can look at that. But um, from a provider side, now, I mean, I think the provider side is the biggest the biggest uh, um, thing to look at and the most important part because they're the ones that are providing you the care. And so there's a, you know, there's a bunch of online um, type of rating systems. You know, I would stay away from the, the Google rates and, you know, and the only reason I say that is because uh, it seems like only unhappy people go in and, and complain about things that, you know, that don't, don't matter, you know, but what you should really look at is um, try to find uh, outcome databases. And there's a couple different uh, spots online where you can go there, look at what their outcomes are, what are the readmit rates, what, you know, depending on which, what their, um, uh, what their uh, specialty is, whether what are their complication rates. And those are the things that you should, that are readily available online with multiple different um, uh, organizations that you can find. Let's take a quick break for an important message from the Bootstrapping Your Dreams community. Get the support and insights you need for your business and life. Join our community, which is fueled by the same people who advise the world's top leaders and champions. Stay ahead of the curve. Join us now by navigating to bootstrapping.group. You know, there's already been uh, quite a bit, a bit of economic damage done by the virus so far. Uh, do you have uh, any data, any reflection on how this is going to uh, affect, um, you know, employment opportunities and in, like even from insurance point of view, uh, it, the, the capacity of insurance companies to pay out these claims and whatnot. So what is your economic outlook on um on, uh, on what will unfold in the future? Well, I think from an economic, uh, so from an insurance standpoint, you know, our, our carriers are well-funded. They're, uh, they're going to, they're able to pay out claims. They're able to manage that. Okay. So I, I, I don't, I don't foresee that as an issue. I think that um, over the course of the next, you know, five to six months, you're going to see a, um, obviously there's, we're hitting the downturn now on the, hopefully on the, on the virus. It's going to level out. We'll see another little spike, but the reality is people are going to get back to work. Um, where the biggest issue is uh, the small businesses that did not have the capital reserves. Hopefully they're able to get on the, uh, in the United States, the care program, uh, the PPP program where they're able to get their payroll taken care of. And so, um, 
hopefully that that will stabilize the market. But, you know, we see a lot of restaurants that are furloughed. Some of our largest customers, you know, have, uh, you know, closed stores for three months. Right. And mm -hmm. so uh, um, luckily they have coverage through us and, uh, you know, insurance, our carriers are great. And we have uh, we've deferred payment on for certain uh, certain organizations that have needed it. So I think uh, we're all in it together. I think the the positive out of this whole uh, pandemic is uh, Americans, the really the world has come together to help each other out. And I think uh, we're all in it together. And I think we'll see a positive outcome come out of this. I think um, you know from an economy standpoint, you'll see uh, the part timers coming back to work because you know once they start opening the restaurants again those workers have to come back, right? I mean, we need to have people um, uh, providing those services. So, uh, you know, I think it's gonna come back. It's just gonna be a little dip right now. And uh, some businesses unfortunately won't come back, uh, which is a shame, but uh, you know, that's, uh, it's just nothing we can do about that at this point. Okay. And, uh, you know, as I said, a lot of people in the audience, they are also looking at freelancing or uh, becoming a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. Uh, what kind of options do they have for, uh, you know, covering uh, their insurance? Because as they uh, used to work full time for a company, they probably got uh, health care through their employment. But as they move into freelancing, what are some of the options they can look at? Yeah, so um, they can go obviously on the exchange to get uh, individual plans. Uh, they also can uh, look online and there's a lot of uh, supplemental products that are out there that you can buy through a um, uh, you know, a, a, an online call center. Um, we're actually getting ready to launch uh, in September our individual product. Uh, you can go to hoorayhealthcare.com and you'll be able to get, uh, buy an individual, our individual product online. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as a gig economy worker, I mean, I think those are your, you know, those are your uh, three options that you have. Okay, cool. And uh, let's uh, quickly talk about uh, entrepreneurship. So, you know, you said that uh, you were a COO of a company and then you decided to go into entrepreneurship. So can you uh, describe to us that journey? Like, how was that journey? Was it easy? What kind of challenges did you face? Yeah, well, I will I will tell you this. There's nothing easy about being an entrepreneur. Um, you definitely have to have a passion for it. You have to, um, you have to be ready to be a learner. I, you know, I think that, it's interesting is, uh, you know, I had a very good foundation. I had very good mentors and uh, I worked for great corporations that gave me a great business foundation. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's certain things that you just you're never prepared for. And uh, um, and you got to learn on the way and you got to have that ability to, you know, just kind of pull your knickers up and just say, all right, let's get through it and get it done. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stress, but there's also a lot of excitement and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of joy in it. And so. Um, you know, my, my advice is if you, if you feel the calling to be an entrepreneur and you have, uh, the idea and you've done enough research to make sure it's a viable idea, and, uh, then, you know, take the chance, bet on yourself. And, uh, it's, it's a very rewarding life. Mm -hmm. And, um, what about some of the mistakes that you may have made, uh, earlier on, or maybe even, uh, you know, yeah. we all make mistakes, particularly in entrepreneurship. It's kind of, oh. as you know, it's, it's challenging. So. Can you share with us anything uh, that you that you think will be useful for the audience? Yeah, uh, bringing on the right partners right away. Uh -huh. I think um, you know when I first started, I um, I've always been a sales guy and, uh, um, and and an operator, so I've got a unique blend of skills. But when uh, when I was 
in this space, I didn't have a reputation in this insurance space. And so um, I brought on my initial sales partner was uh, a great person, but just wasn't the right person. And, uh, and, uh, and that was my mistake. And I, I needed to uh, make, probably make that decision a little bit faster to make that change, but I didn't. And uh, so, you know, I, I think the biggest thing there, you know, from a life lesson is, um, you know, hire slow and uh, fire fast and make, you know, make the changes quick. And, you know, it's, uh, it's better for both parties. And so, uh, because when you're, it's really interesting when you're a new company and you've got five, 10, even 15 people, what happens is that one loose, you know, that one link in the chain that's weak uh, is huge for you as a group because, um, you know, you're depending on everybody to do, you know, multiple jobs. And if that person isn't holding their weight, then it really hurts the organization. Okay, cool. And uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, the, the insurance uh, industry, like, do you think this event will change the industry in any way? Uh, I mean, uh, from what I know, re uh, reading about history, like when big events like this happen, fundamental changes happen in the, in the society. And, uh, you know, for example, the, the financial crash of 2008 or, or the September 11th, uh, a lot of things changed fundamentally. A lot of new rules were put in place and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, companies were regulated. Uh, so do you see any of, uh, any of that uh, coming through uh, due to this event? Oh, yeah. I, I think you're going to see some regulation changes. I think that um, what the the... I guess probably the most positive thing that it's coming out of this is that um, there's an awareness now of our uninsured population. And, um, and that's, which is, that's the demographic that we really focus on. That's our primary focus. And, um, and so we're talking to larger and larger companies that typically did not offer health benefits to that, uh, that uh, category of employee that are now trying to scramble to say, Hey, how do we get these guys uh, some basic coverage where they can go see a doctor and it may a get their COVID test, any treatment that they need. And, uh, and you know, it's a, so, the social responsibility, if you would. So I think you're going to see a lot more employers uh, looking at alternative benefits for all of their employee population, not just their full time. Okay. And what about um, low privileged uh, people like, you know, uh, homeless or people who can't even afford a, uh, a low cost insurance plans and what what are uh, your views on that uh, any anything to be done there yeah i mean i think that's a that's a problem of our just our social system in general i mean there um if you're homeless you're going to be able to get care at any of our um you know teaching universities uh, if you if you go into the emergency room they need to see you um you know i think the homeless situations uh, you know a much larger larger issue. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, mental health issues that are going on there. And, and so, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, it's a shame, but, uh, you know, but the great news is they do have access to care if they go into any of the university systems or the county hospitals. Cool. And uh, speaking of mental health, uh, what are some of your uh, recommendations in terms of, uh, you know, uh, getting through this uh, with, uh, with your sanity intact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, get up and get walking and get moving. You know, um, every day I schedule time to go for at least an hour long walk and get out of the house, you know, whether you know, I'm going, going down the road, going to the river, going wherever, get out 
and get moving because um, what what's happened, which I'm sure everybody on this podcast will, will know, is you seem more busy at home than you've ever been before in your office because, you know, you're going literally one call to, you know, I mean, my day to day, I mean, I don't even have time for a bio break, right? And it's just one after the other because, you know, you're trying to get stuff done and, and, uh, and so it's, uh, it's good to schedule some time for yourself to get out, walk, get out in the fresh air, get moving at least, um, you know, obviously, you know, eating, stay away from the refrigerator, um, you know, have fruits and vegetables to snack on, uh, make sure that you're, uh, you know, you're not, uh, you're not getting up and drinking soda after soda, right? Uh, you know, have a cup of coffee and drink some water. Awesome. That's great. Well, well um, I think, uh, that was an amazing conversation and you uh, showed us uh, uh, quite a bit of um, sort of un- information that people wonder about, about insurance, about healthcare costs, uh, which is uh, which is on the mind of a lot of people. Uh, now, before we let you go, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So you can um, you can get us at uh, 877-HOORAY mm-hmm. uh, or you can uh, look us up at uh, www.hoorayhealthcare.com, H-O-O. R-A-Y, healthcare.com, and uh, learn more about us. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Great. All right. Be safe. Take care. That's all for now. Until next time. If you want to realize your full potential, I invite you to join our community. We support and help each other out because no one has to do it alone. Join us today by navigating to bootstrapping.group. The community is free to join, no strings attached except for one. You have to take action. So if you are an action taker, we want to talk to you. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. If you want more insightful interviews with industry leaders, then check out these other videos we have picked for you right here. And subscribe now to get our new content.